Welcome to the Renaissance Podcast, and thank you for joining with us to worship and learn more about God. We are so excited to have you be a part of this week's service. For more podcasts and services from past weeks, or to join us online on Sunday mornings, check out the Church at Home page at rendicator.org. Now, enjoy the message. to sing, so I got to do something. I got to hum, got to hum. All right, all right, all right, all right. Um, so I just want to start off with a, a little bit of maybe uh, family housekeeping. Uh, just had a, a lot of uh, uh, questions, which I understand, about, about uh, our family. Some of you have like no idea what's happening right now. Uh, for those of you who don't know, um, my family and I are, are moving to Pennsylvania here in a couple weeks. And so just kind of want to give you all a little bit of an update on that. Um, it, it's interesting that, um, that the, the passage that we're in today is about walking in the Spirit, keeping in step with the Spirit. And so that's, that's what I can tell you is that we are following the leading and the prompting of the Holy Spirit as he, as he calls our family out and is sending us to, to Pennsylvania to pastor a church there uh, together. So we are, we are excited about that, but wanted to give you an update uh, so this is my last sermon. Some of you are yes, some of you are no, and I get it, I get it, but, uh, uh, but more than that, this is his word will continue, and it's not about me, it's all about him. So I felt like I had to do that, but I want to get that out of the way so that we can jump into what really matters, which is his word. Amen? Love you as well. Um, so... Ah, uh, jeez. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll begin. I'll just I'll just start preaching. That'll make it easier. Um, I love you guys. Like there's some serious. Uh, I I said I'm gonna start preaching, then I stopped. But uh, yeah, there's like significant friendships and relationships that are that are made and forged and that will continue on. And so anyway, that's it. That's it. There's no Kleenexes up here, so I'm gonna keep going. Uh, you might have caught, why not, why why not start with awkward noises, right? You might have caught a couple years ago, this viral video of this cowboy that gets pulled over on the side of the road, and it's a a lady officer, and she goes up to the, the vehicle, and he goes, let me start off by saying, I haven't been drinking tonight. And so, he gets out of the vehicle, and does the sobriety test, you know, the, the touch your nose, the walk heel to toe, and even say the, the alphabet backwards from Z to A, and the dude nails it. Like, she's like, actually, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty impressed. Like, no one's ever been able to do that, like, drunk or not. Like, he just said the alphabet backwards, and, uh, and but she knows. He's like, this guy is clearly in, intoxicated, so she starts, it looks like she starts to have a little fun with it, so he's able to walk heel to toe, so he's like, okay, here's the next one. You're going to go step, bump. I'm not even going to do it. I'm just going to say the, the words because I'm not a dancer either, but she's like, step, bump, step, bump, bump, and she's walking the line. She's like, five, six, seven, eight, and he does, does nails it, Then she's like, d- throws in hit ball change, which I don't even know what that is, but if you're a dancer, it's a dance move, and he's doing, he's nailing all these, these uh, dance moves, and he's doing the line, and then he's, then he starts at, he gets into it, and he's like, you know, I think you, I think you should add this. And he does these, these moves, the spins, ends it off with this hat in the air, cowboy hat, yeehaw. And uh, she's like, man, are you a dancer? And he's like, no, I'm just drunk. She's like, ah, 
Ah, got him up against the vehicle. Now, a lot of people see that. It's like shot through a dash cam. And they like, this is, this is like legit. This was a real video. Well, really, it was Reno 911. It was a comedy sketch. sketch. It, was a, it was a comedy skit, and it, but it looks real, and it's just viral in the age of viral videos. Like, you can't tell, and this was early on, and, and so people are, are thinking this is a real video. But do you know, like, if you are seriously impaired, like, it's hard to walk a line. You got a, you got a problem. You got a, a condition and it's, it's hard to do. That's why they have the sobriety test, because that's how they can tell if you're still in control of your faculties, if you can indeed walk a line. Um, a couple months ago, my wife has been dealing with uh, symptoms of vertigo. I don't know if anybody has had vertigo or knows people that had vertigo, but it can, it can go from you know, slight to severe. And she had a couple severe episodes of, of vertigo. It just means like you, you have no like up, down, right, left, like all those, those things. Like your brain is just out of whack, and you don't, you're just left laying on the floor. And if you move, you're nauseous, and you're throwing up, and, and all these things. And, and did you know you, you've got these crystals? This just sounds like fantastical, I know. But you got these crystals in your inner ear. And if those crystals are out of place, you can't walk a straight line. Like she couldn't stand there with her eyes closed and know that she was standing straight. She's way over here. She couldn't walk a straight line and, and know that she's uh, able to, the only thing she could do is lay down to give her any type of relief. And she had a, a condition that prevented her from being able to walk straight or keep her balance. We have a condition that keeps us from walking straight. It's a sin condition. And if we're, if we're left in that state, man, we are impaired. The only way that we can walk straight is because of what Jesus has done on the cross. As we jump in to our passage in Galatians today, we're going to see what it looks like to walk in the Spirit, see what it looks like to, to keep in step with the Spirit. In fact, that was the, the impetus for Paul writing this letter to the Galatians. It was a group of churches in modern-day Turkey, and he's writing this, this letter to the Galatians because somebody has come along and said, you know it's, what? It's not just about Jesus, but it's about Jesus plus what you can do. It's about Jesus plus being circumcised. It's about Jesus plus the food and the table laws. It's about Jesus plus you keeping the Mosaic law. It's about Jesus plus all of your efforts. And then you're going to be accepted by God. And that's opposite of the gospel that Paul had brought when he planted these churches. And so he's writing this letter to bring that, that correction. And, and he even says phrases like you might be remember from weeks past. Like who, who has so easily bewitched you? That you would change so quickly, so easily be persuaded to think that somehow what you got is a gift, what you got is free, what we got is because of everything that Jesus did, that now you're able to, by your efforts, somehow be acceptable by God. When the law was sent as a guardian, as a teacher, to show us that we could never be acceptable by God. So Jesus came to be what we could never be. So that we could walk in that freedom. So let's jump into our text today. You know, that, that condition is something that we are, are born with. Um, and if you're, if you're wondering, you're like, you know, I, I think we pick it up along the way. And I think, you know, all these things. Anybody have toddlers? 
I, I still have a toddler at home or anybody working at daycare. You, you quickly figure out that all that stuff is, is pre-wired when we come into the world. Like we are selfish and we are carnal and we are sinners from the get. Um, and I love my toddler still. So, uh, but Jesus is enough. Jesus is enough. So let's, we're going to back up our, our passage today is Galatians 5, 16 through 26, but we're going to back up to verse 13 to give a little context. For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. But through love, serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. And here we are today in verse 16. But I say, walk by the Spirit. Then you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh, for these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh, they're evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh. So what we celebrated today was those baptisms as they identified with Christ. They've crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. Your flesh, it has passions. It has desires. Verse 25, but if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. So then the question is, how, how do we? How do we walk by the Spirit? How do we keep in step by the Spirit? In verse 16, it says, uh, when it says to walk by the Spirit, it's describing this, this way of behaving. Now, for the, the Jewish believers, like this was, this was a very uh, familiar, they had a, a word for it in Hebrew, halakha. Anybody speak Hebrew? Okay, that's how you pronounce it. Halakha, and it, it, means, to, it means literally to, uh, to walk, and so they would describe like their, their walk, their way of behaving, their life following the Mosaic law. So when he says, walk by the Spirit, he's saying, in their mind, it's blowing up. Okay, we, we used to walk according to the law. Now you're saying our behaving, our life is now to be centered around walking, being led by the Spirit. The hearers, they, they would be acquainted with that, 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 that phrase. And Paul, would, many scholars believe that he's alluding to this um, passage in Ezekiel. He'd write in Ezekiel 36, starting with, with verse 26. And I will give you a new heart. Ezekiel, he's this Hebrew prophet. He wrote this book in the Old Testament by the same name, Ezekiel. And he's writing this. I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. So you'll see it bookended in this passage today. In the, in the front end, it says in verse 16, that uh, to walk by the spirit. But then it's later going to say to keep in step with the spirit. So in verse 25, he uses that different verb. And that keep in step 
is different than, than walk. It, it really means to, to follow a leader. While one means to, this is a way of behaving, this is a way how you center your life. The other one means to, this is how you follow. This is, you're supposed to, to walk, keep in step with the Spirit. And I, I grew up, um, I would go hunting with my dad, and we'd get out in the woods, especially like after a fresh snow. Any hunters in the room? Like a, a fresh snow, that's the best time in case you don't know, at least my, unless my dad's lying to me, that's like the best time to go rabbit hunting. It's rabbit season. And so we'd go out there after a fresh snow and then look for rabbit tracks, and we, we'd be going. There's sometimes that I crave, like, rabbit and squirrel. Like, I know. I know the rodents, but I'll look out my back, my back uh, deck, and I'm like, oh, that looks tasty. <laughs> I mean, you, you dredge that thing in some flour and brown it up and let it sit in some gravy all day. Mmm. Pile of mashed potatoes. They don't know. Who, who knows? You know, come on, you know. Somebody knows. You know. Rabbit, squirrel, like, you just put them together. You cook them up together. You get a mess of them. So I would, yes, that's right, you know, a mess of squirrel and rabbit. So we go out, fresh snow, and my daddy would be walking in front of me. And you would only see, if you were behind us, you would only see one set of tracks because I would, I'd be putting my foot, his boot is bigger than mine. But I'm like, and his step is larger than mine. So I've got to change my gait. I've got to change everything. But I am keeping in step with my dad. I don't know why. That's just what I remember. And when this passage came up, keep in step with the spirit. That's what, that's what came to my mind is like, I am following my father. I'm keeping in step with my father. I'm putting my foot where his foot goes, where he goes, I go. And I'm, I'm keeping in step. And rabbit is good. You need to try it. But that sounds a lot like the words of Jesus, where he would say, I only do what the Father is telling me to do. I, I only say what the Father tells me to say. He says, he and the, I and the Father are one, and his desire is that we would be one with him, like he and the Father are one, that we would have that type of relationship. So it speaks to this keeping in step with the Father. It speaks to that relationship. He, he tells us it's better we're talking about being led by the Spirit. Jesus said, it's better, it's better that I go away. He's talking to his disciples, and they're like, we got you right here. Crowds are coming. People are being healed. People are being set free. People are being raised from the dead. People are being taught about the kingdom that is here. And it's better that you go away? Jesus is saying, it's better that I go away. Why? Because I'm sending you the Holy Spirit. It's better for us that Jesus went away and sent the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is available to you. It's available to me, and we can keep in step with the Spirit because he sent it. Jesus, our example, what does it look like? What does it look like to walk in the Spirit? What does it look like to keep in step with the Spirit? Today we celebrate baptism. And in Luke 4, you're going to see Jesus at his own baptism, he, he rolls up on John the Baptist. John's nickname is like, they weren't very creative. He's baptizing people, so it's John the Baptist. We wanted our own John the Baptist, but he's out of town, so we couldn't have John the Baptist this morning, but we had Jeff the Baptist. This is still great, but we missed an opportunity. That's all I'm saying. We have our own, very own John the Baptist. So John the Baptist is in the River Jordan, and Jesus comes, and he, he's baptized. What happens like the heavens open, yes, the, the Father speaks, this is my Son, in whom I am well pleased. Jesus, I want you to, to, to catch this, 
He had done nothing. He'd made some furniture. He had studied in the temple, but he had, he had healed nobody. He had raised nobody from the dead. He had turned no water into wine. He had done no miraculous thing until the Spirit would descend on him, as the Scripture says, and he would be filled with the Spirit. And the Father is saying, this is my Son in whom I am well pleased. He's pleased before he ever does a thing. I hope that rests and settles on somebody today. He's pleased with you, and it's not about what you do. It's about who you are. So he's filled with the Spirit directly after that. What happens? He's led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted. Hey, now that you've got all this power being filled with the Spirit, being our example, what are you going to do? He doesn't go to Disney. He goes to the wilderness. He's being led by the Spirit. So he's filled with the Spirit. He's led by the Spirit. And while he's in the wilderness, he's tempted by the devil. And what is he? He's empowered. He's empowered by the Spirit to face those temptations, yet without sin. That's why he's able to be that perfect sacrifice for you and for me, yet without sin. He's empowered. And then he's anointed. Like I said, he did nothing prior to his baptism. After that, he is anointed by the Spirit to go and do the ministry. First recorded, well, we won't talk about that. He's anointed to go do and minister. So he's filled, he's led, he's empowered, and he's anointed. You can be filled, led, power, empowered, and anointed by the Spirit to walk, to face the temptations, to keep in step with the Spirit, and he's going to anoint you to do the ministry to those around you. It's so much, we, we talk about um, the baptism, and we talk about it being symbolic of something, but it's so much more. It's the same way we, we often will, will describe communion. We're saying it, it represents something, but it's always, it's always so much more. There's something mystical that happens when we take the body and the bread, the bread which represents the body and, 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 and the, the blood. There's something mystical that happens, something supernatural that happens when we remember Jesus in communion. And there's something that we, they didn't just get wet today. It's not just symbolic of something. They are, they are identifying with Jesus in his death, his burial, and his, his resurrection. And they are taking on that new identity. There's something supernaturally powerful about being filled with the Spirit. Jesus, remember it. Not Jesus, but in Ezekiel, it says, I'll give you a new heart and a new spirit. The old life is gone. The flesh is no longer in control. You, you're saying in front of everybody, this, this is dead. The flesh is dead. I have been made new. I've been given a new spirit. You know, I've heard this teaching a while ago, and it's something that I've, I've used. Um, it's like, what dog are you going to feed? Because like, if we're being honest, the people that got baptized today, Anybody else been baptized and, and lived a perfect life after that? I got one. got one hand. But he's a young one, so he's still got time. He's still got time. What dog are you going to feed? Because there's still that flesh that wants to hang around, and it'll be as alive as you make it. 
What dog are you going to feed? Because that's the dog that's going to be in control. Are you going to feed the spirit, your spirit man? Are you going to allow yourself to be led by the spirit? Are you going to pick up that dead old dirty flesh? Another passage, Paul will talk about it just like a a garment. Like you want to take off. And he gives that long list of of things. It's not exhaustive, by the way. If you're like, I've got some things that's not on the list. It's not an exhaustive list, and it is never meant to be. He's just telling what is characteristic of, of the things that would, would uh, the works of the flesh. So you might be doing some things that aren't on the list, and it's not saying that you're, you're, you're scot-free. Woo! Right, but what dog are you going to feed? Are you continuing to pick up that dead, old, dirty flesh and give it power and give it control? Because remember, Paul said it has passions, and it has desires, in Romans 7, he'll, he'll say that, that sin has desires, and it's to rule over you. So your flesh and sin combined, man, they've got passions, and they've got desires, and it, it is to eat your lunch. So we have to stop feeding the dog. What dog are you going to feed? That's, that's for you, Carl. You're welcome. You don't, you don't dry gradually to sin. When you're dead to sin, you're dead. Your, your new identity is in Christ. And you're like, well, but I still, still sin. Yeah, I, I know. This is, a spiritual, this is a spiritual concept. It's like, wait, but I still sin. Yeah, but we're gonna, I'm going get, to get to this scripture that I hope um, explains this. I hope blows your mind a little bit. Like that's, that's why we, we show that, you, that you, you go and you're submerged in the water and you're dead. Your life is gone. Don't pick it up again. And you're raised to new life, to your new identity in Christ. So if you'll turn to Colossians 3, one of my, one of my all-time favorite. I land on this so much. And it, it'll actually, like I think if you read it, it'll, it'll walk us through what happens with baptism. Starting with verse 1. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated. Seated at the right hand of God, set your mind on things that are above, not on things on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. You have a new identity. You've been given that new heart, that new spirit. Your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Why is it hidden? Because Christ did everything. And I, I, think he, I think he knew that we would, even after he's done it all, we're still going to try to feed that dog. We're still going to try to pick up that old life. And so he takes us, and we are, are hidden in him, in his work that he did on the cross, in his life of perfection that he lived. And he takes us, and he, and he hides us until the time that we will appear with him in glory. So that's, that's why when I say, like, when you come to Christ and you've given your life and the old is gone and dead, like, it's not alive anymore. So for you to say that you're a sinner or to sing that you're a sinner, it's just not true. You're like, but I sin. Yeah, yeah I know. It's, it's a spiritual concept that, that Jesus did this awesome work that it's, it's really, it's not you because your life is hidden in Christ and Christ was perfect. Christ had perfect obedience. Christ never sinned. Christ faced every temptation and was empowered by the, the, the Spirit. Yeah, but, yeah, but I, I mess up. Yeah, but that's not you. That's the old, that's the dead. Your life is now hidden in Christ. Yeah, but doesn't that give me a license? Doesn't that give me a, 
Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get there. We'll talk about that. So if you have to go to the bathroom, hold it. And that's your question. Salvation, it has nothing to do with you and your works. You, you, you can't earn it. It has everything to do with Jesus and what he's done. There's this theological term. It's called justification. And like the, the, the Bible college short answer to remember is justification means this. Just as if I'd never sinned. Anybody heard that before? Justification. Just as if I'd never sinned. But it's, it's so much more than that. It's not, it's not it, it, that's true. When God looks at you, you are justified. It's just as if you have never sinned. But it's, it's more than just as if I've never sinned. What is imputed to you? And by imputed, I mean like you didn't do it. You didn't earn it. It's, it's from Jesus. It's, a, it's imputed to you. It's his perfect obedience. It's his righteousness. It's his faithfulness. So justification, yes, it means just as if I've never sinned, but it's not, it's not just as if you've never sinned. It's, it's that you, were, you, you walked in perfect obedience, that you have the righteousness of Christ, that you are clothed in his righteousness, that you have his faithfulness, that everything that Christ did, you are. Your life is now hidden with Christ and God. So when those songs come on the radio and they say you're a sinner, I, like skip that line. You're not, that's dead. So what about this freedom? Jesus equals holy accepted. We are holy accepted by God because of Jesus. That's, that sounds like freedom to me. So these Judaizers were coming in, this party of the circumcision, these false teachers were coming in, which prompted the letter to Galatians. And they were saying, it's Jesus plus your efforts to keep the law, your, your efforts to keep all the ceremonies, your circumcision, and then you're wholly accepted by God. That's not, that's not very free. So that's why last week we talked about the freedom, but can we abuse our freedom? Remember, like, Paul's warning. In last week we talked in, in, in verse 1 of, of Galatians 5. It's for freedom that Christ has set us free. So stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. It's for freedom that Christ has set us free. You're free. Do not submit. Don't feed the dog. Don't submit again to that yoke of slavery. Again, in verse 13, we read it this morning. It's from last week as well. Do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. So can I abuse this freedom? I believe Paul's saying yes. And how do I know? Paul reminds us that our, our flesh has right, those passions and those desires in, in verse 24. Like, are we, are, we, are we living carnally? Are we living selfishly? It's not that you don't mess up, but is that where you're, you're going and you're saying, I am free. I am free to do this. Is that now the characteristic of who you are? Because he's saying, listen, people who do that don't inherit the kingdom of God. Let me remind you. That's not why we've been set free. It's for freedom that you've been set free. So how are we now going to live? What dog are we going to feed? And I love the language that he uses to talk about the spirit. He says the works of the flesh and then lists it all, right? Not an exhaustive list, but he lists all these things. And he said, that's the works. That's the things that you do. The things that you do. That doesn't speak to identity. That's, that speaks to the things that you do. But then to, to describe the spirit, he calls it the fruit of the spirit. That speaks to identity. That speaks to who you are. There was a, 
Jim Machen Sr., he was a, a pastor still, still alive, retired now. And he, I just remember some of his sermons because he would say these, these quippy things. They're kind of campy, kind of cheesy. But I remember it, so I'm going to pass it along. But I forewarned you, it's kind of campy, kind of cheesy. But what do you get, what should you get when you squeeze a Christian? The fruit of the Spirit and nine delicious fruit flavors. Love, joy, peace, love, joy, peace patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. That's what you should get when, when a Christian is, is pressed, when a Christian is tempted, when a Christian is, is walking through a storm, when a Christian is, is facing all these things. What should you get? What should you produce in your life? Love, joy, peace, and patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. And let me tell you, that, that's not an exhaustive list either, and it wasn't meant to be. But fruit is who you are. This, this fall, you're going to roll up to that apple orchard, right, guys, because you, you've been dragged there. Like, the store, <laughs> the store has apples, and they're cheaper. And you don't got to get out there and sweat. You don't got to get out there and freeze. You don't got to go out there and, and do some other person's work. But you can pay to go and pick apples. But when you walk up to that apple tree, what do you expect to get? An apple. Some of you are still confused. Um, when, so maybe you've never been. I don't know. So when you go out to the apple orchard in the fall, when the apples are on the tree, like you're going up to an apple tree and you're expecting to find apples because that's what the tree is. It's going to produce apples. That's why you're there. How disappointed would you be if you found bananas hanging off your, I don't know, maybe you wouldn't be, but that's a lot of, to pay for banana. Uh, you go out and you find apples on that apple tree. Christians should be marked by, like, what, what did John say? They'll know that you are Christians by your, sounds like a fruit of the Spirit to me, by your love. What's your identity? Identity speaks of fruit. I, I, John uh, writes, uh, records what Jesus would, would say, and he would tell us this, that he is the vine and we are the branches. Right, right before that, he's, he's talking about that he and the Father are one. And he wants us to be one with him just like he and the Father are one. So he's the vine and we're the branches. So as long as we're connected to him and we're keeping in step with him, the spirit that he has sent us, it's better that I go away because I'm sending you the Holy Spirit. If we're connected to him and we're walking in the spirit, that this is the way, and we're keeping in step with the spirit, then what does our branch produce? fruit because it's who we are. It's our identity. It's not, it's not, we don't have to to squeeze and we don't have to force and we don't have to, oh, there's some love. Finally, finally. It really is as easy as falling in love with Jesus and resting in him and beginning to walk with him and what will produce. How many have walked with Jesus for a little bit and you're like, man, I just respond differently than I used to. Well, I'll tell you what, you found me 10 years ago and you'd be hurting. Say that to me, I tell you. That, but my response is different, not just because I'm older, but because Christ has changed my heart. Because my identity is different. The, the, the fruit of the Spirit is because who you are. It's changed your DNA. You're dead. And your life is now hidden in Christ. You are Jesus walking around, filled with his spirit, led by his spirit, to be empowered and anointed to do the works of ministry. 
Paul would tell us in our, in our passage today that the greatest commandment is what? To love your neighbor as yourself. And when you look at the fruit of the Spirit, most of them are outward focused. When you have love and joy and peace and patience in every circumstance, in every situation, in every encounter, like we're supposed to be peacemakers, not peacekeepers. There's a difference. We're supposed to make peace wherever we go. Peacemakers. We bring the peace of Jesus. We're supposed to be patient when it doesn't make sense to be patient. We're supposed to be patient waiting on God's timing, knowing that he, he does things that don't, doesn't always make sense to us. But if we're walking in him and we're trusting him and we're, we know that our life is hidden in him, we know that we're a child of God, then it doesn't make us anxious because there's things that, that are opposite of peace. Right? There's, there's some anxiety there. There's some worry there. There's some things that are, that are opposite of that, that joy. There's some things that are opposite of love. But if we're walking in the Spirit, being led by the Spirit, what is produced in us is the fruit of who we are because our identity has changed. When you're connected to the Spirit of God, you can't help but produce fruit. It's who you are. It's who you're connected to. So Jesus promised his disciples, that he's sending the Holy Spirit. He tells them to go and wait, right? He already told them, it's better that I go away. Well, now he's gone away. He died, and he, he resurrected, and now he's talking to him as the re- resurrected Jesus. And he tells him this about the Holy Spirit. Go and wait, Acts 1.8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria to the end of the earth. There was a, a couple weeks back, I heard this lady doing this teaching on this verse, and it, it really kind of rocked my world for a second because this is, like I, I grew up in a, in a Pentecostal church, and um, this, is a, this is a hallmark verse, but you will receive power. And that root word there is dunamos, it's where we get, and this is what I heard growing up all the time. It's the root word for dynamite. I just like, like to blow things up. But dunamos is also the root word for dynamic. And when you read it with the context of you receive power when the, what, what spirit comes upon you? The Holy Spirit. Let's define what holy is. Holy is other than, it's, it's set apart. And everywhere we've seen the Holy Spirit move, it doesn't seem all the time powerful the way we would describe power. How are we instructed to, to live? What's the greatest commandment? To love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus would say to love your enemies. That doesn't sound very powerful. But I want to move in power. I want to wave my hand and this side of the room fall over. I want to see the dead raised. I want to see the blind eye see. And I want to see, and I would say yes and amen to all of that. I want to see the power of the Holy Spirit moving. But I want to tell you the power of the Holy Spirit in your life on the everyday is going to look more like you loving your enemies. And yes, he will heal the sick. And yes, he will raise the dead. And yes, he will use you to cast out demons. But are you loving your enemies? Because that's, that's what this, the power of the Spirit causes you to do. It causes you to 
bless those who curse you. What? It causes you to, to pray for those who spitefully use you. God, what? I wanna, but I want to move in the power of the Spirit. Okay. Well, here's the, 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 the person who moved in, in the power of the Spirit, the, arguably the most, Jesus. And he is sitting in heaven, Son of God, the King, on his throne, but he didn't consider that power, equality with God, something to be grasped. But Philippians 2 tells us that he humbled himself. And here's how he used the the power. He took the form of a servant and he put flesh on. It was like God concarne, God with flesh, God with meat. He puts flesh on and he comes and he lives a life that we could not live being tempted in every way yet without sin and he dies a death he's obedient to to death and even even death that's on a cross the most embarrassing the most disrespectful the 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 worst possible death that humanity has ever come up with death on a cross that's how he would wield this phenomenal cosmic power was to come and serve you i remember jesus getting up from the table, putting a towel around his waist and taking the form of the lowest servant and going around and washing his disciples' feet. And he gets up when he's done and he says, go and do likewise. Go and wash people's feet? No, go and serve. He would say words like, if you want to be great in my kingdom, you have to first learn how to serve. The power of the Spirit, being led by the Spirit, the fruit that will be produced in your life as you are connected to Jesus, to the vine, is going to look like loving others, serving others, ministering to others, loving your enemies, praying for those who spitefully use you, blessing those who curse you. That's how Jesus wielded that phenomenal cosmic power. And he wants to put it in this itty-bitty broken jar of a living space. We're earthen vessels. We're cracked and we're broken, yet he chooses to fill us. He chooses to lead us. He chooses to empower us. And he chooses to anoint us. Would you pray with me today? God, thank you. Thank you that you, that you were obedient to death, that death on the cross, because it meant that we would have life. It meant what we celebrate today in your death and your burial and your resurrection, that we have new life in you, that our lives are different. Our lives are changed because of you, because of the work that you did on the cross. You've done all the work for us, and now we can walk in that freedom, but that freedom is not something that we abuse. That freedom is something that we now produce the fruit of walking with you that our lives are different and it's so hard in this culture to not live for ourselves. But we want to produce the fruit of walking and keeping in step with you. That we would produce love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. And the list goes on as we change our identity, we change zip codes and we are now hidden in you. 
Thank you, God, for the relocation. Thank you that we are dead to our old life and alive in you. We don't have to feed that dog. We don't choose to feed that dog, but we choose to live in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining with us today. We would love to pray for you and make a connection with you. So please check out the Church at Home page at rendicator.org. Here you can ask questions, request prayer, find past messages and podcasts, or support Renaissance through online giving. We can't wait to hear from you.